<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to I've Heard That, the podcast from Heard App Marketing that discusses digital marketing trends, tips, and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I'm Megan Trapp, Agency Director at Herdat, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, we are all under the influence. So um, I have Kirsten and Chris with me today. Kirsten, tell me about yourself. Yeah, I'm Kirsten Smith. I am the Director of Social Marketing and Brand Communications. I oversee all organic social media influencer marketing for our own brands and our clients. Awesome. Welcome. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to see you. Uh, I'm Chris Gorman, Director of Media and Entertainment. Um, I am currently living in an Airstream, traveling across the country to remote areas. We're currently in the desert of Arizona right now, but uh, happy to join you guys. Awesome. Welcome. Um, so who wants to take this one? Explain, maybe both of you in your own words, what's influencer marketing? Yeah, I can jump in. Um, influencer marketing is uh, opportunity for businesses to work with an individual that has um, possibly a large reach. Um, this individual is looked at towards, you know, more like they're an influencer, which is is the term. And they're looked at to um, the audience as, you know, um, reputable, authentic, um, kind of some more, um, you know, just trustworthy of, of what they're speaking, like people are interested into these influencers uh, of what they say um, in their daily lives and follow along in their life. And um, really, you know, it's, they work well with brands because of that trust that they are connecting with their audience. Um, but really what it is, it's, it's really to reach a larger audience um, with, with the authentic person outside of, you know, even possibly a celebrity or someone hired that um, can speak for your brand. Awesome. Yeah. Chris, how do you explain influencer marketing? What's an influencer? Uh, So it's uh, individuals or groups that are lending their credibility to brands uh, that want to sponsor them. So Kirsten nailed it. Um, It's just a, it's a new territory of people that um, uh, some of them more recently, like accidentally coming into fame and, and helping push products. But uh, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for, uh, individuals helping you push your product that have a large reach, um, because that usually that individual has spent years cultivating an audience that really trusts them. Um, so when they're out there talking about your product, um, there's a lot of people that will be willing to trust them. I mean, I, I buy stuff off Instagram all the time. Like I have a stack of athletic greens that are in our cupboard right now because I just kept hearing it on podcasts and like, Hey, I need to get healthier. Like I need to drink something green. So like, and that's not like $120 product. So it's not like a smaller buy, like it's a pretty significant product, especially if you're buying it a couple times a year. Um, so you look at the return on investment for whatever they're spending. I'm sure I'm not the only one who bought athletic greens, uh, from that podcast. Um, and it's interesting, like the, the spends, um, 
that people are putting out there. Um, like influencer marketing is expected to top 15 billion by 2022. Like in comparison, like podcast spending um, is just going to crack a billion uh, in this next year. So like influencer marketing has went from here to like this crazy, like hockey stick ascension up over the last few years. So like brands are seeing the value um, and most brands are increasing their influencer spend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so take us through what did what happened with influencers and where did we come from in 2020? How did COVID affect these influencers and where are we going in 2021? How do you use influencer marketing in 2021? Yeah. So everybody was at home. Uh, <laughs> everybody was at home and everybody became a podcaster, a like blogger, uh, a TikTok star, uh, an Instagram influencer, a photographer, like a baker, like everybody became like all these things that they didn't anticipate in 2020. Um, and creator. like the biggest, like six, yeah, creator. Um, the biggest, like the biggest, like splash was definitely like TikTok last year. Like it was right place, right time. You know, it was maybe for like teens and younger generations, but like now, like Kirsten, how much time do you spend on TikTok yesterday? Um, well, I feel like I'm on social media way too often, <laughs> all day, every day. But I mean, I think the average time someone spends on social or one of the platforms in general is like 50 minutes a day. Yeah. It's a black hole. Yeah. You just yeah. get into it and you're sitting there and scrolling. So yeah, I would probably say, you know, in between channels, like sitting there 50 minutes bouncing from one, you know, back from one, you know, one to the other. So yeah, that feels like a low number for some yeah. people that I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super low. Yeah. So, and TikTok has this like really crazy addictive, um, uh, like trait about it because you think about like Instagram stories, like most people don't watch Instagram stories with the sound on, like, unless you're like really like, Hey, I really want to see what this person has to say, or it's like a few slides long or whatever. Like TikTok doesn't make any sense if you don't have the sound on. Mm -hmm. So like you're carving out this weird time for it where you're like, all right, I'm alone. Like I have my like headphones in or like I can have my sound on. So you're like, and you just keep going and going. And that algorithm is so good. It's funny because we manage a handful of TikTok accounts for uh, different brands or individuals or, you know, like athletes or stars or whatever. Um, everybody's feed is so different. Like I'll bounce from one account to the other. And like, I'm not seeing any of the same videos. Um, so TikTok really has this crazy algorithm uh, that really knows you probably better than you know yourself. Um, but this last year, there's a lot of people that came into fame and the influencer marketplace without really anticipating it or like really knowing what to do. Um, like early on, like a couple years ago, like TikTok, we tried to activate some TikTok folks that were, you know, kind of blowing up at the time. And they're like, I don't know how to do this. Do I need a lawyer? Like, I don't know if this is a low number, a high number. Like, you're just going to send me stuff for free. Like, I don't know how to get paid. Like I'm 20 years old. And like, I've, you know, I work, <laughs> like I work at uh Krispy Kreme and I don't know how to do any of this stuff, but you know, all it takes, especially on TikTok is like one viral video and that sets you up. And, and Kirsten brought up the, um, cranberry, uh, the ocean spray guy, like he, like, he's a little bit more deliberate about his stuff. And he was on, um, the Hollywood raw podcast, which is a herd at media podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, and really kind of told his story where he lived and, um, really followed like the Gary Vee model where he's like, Hey, I need to be posting five to six times every day and not for me, but it's for my fans. And so he kept like, and he went from very small, I mean, he was just grinding his way up 
uh, on TikTok, and you know that one hits and that changes his life forever. Now he can't go anywhere without carrying that ocean spray bottle. Like everywhere he goes, he has to have that thing with him, but he got a car, he got a house. We were trying to get Fleetwood Mac to play his wedding. Like, like that changed his life, but he didn't anticipate that. Like he was literally on his way to work and his broken down truck. And now he's in that market. So like 2020 definitely um, paved the way for an entire new group of folks that are entering into that influencer marketplace. And I think too, we need to think about the change of, of how businesses used influencers mm-hmm. during the year 2020. As Chris mentioned, forecasting $15 billion and by 2022, I think just in 2019, it was at $8 billion that brands were spending on influencers. So they're like doubling down. Yeah. So they, they looked to the influencer market to say, you know what, we don't know what 2020 has to hold for us. Like how do we best like optimize our ROI and our ad spend. And that's where they really tapped into the influencer marketing, looking at, of course, you want to make sure you're finding that influencer that supports your brand your and your brand goals and your brand, you know, guides and vision and mission and all that. So you do need to be very smart about what influencer you're working with. But brands saw that as a huge opportunity in 2020 to still get their name out, their product out, their services out without having to dip into a big budget. Yeah. Big ad spend. Yeah. Big ad spend. So you're able to be smarter about how you're, um, you know, optimizing your ad spend during that time. And that's really where we saw this influx in, um, influencer marketing happen in 2020. Cause you know, maybe commercial ad spends were down, billboards ad spends were down or in foot, you know, in store foot traffic totally (laughs) was down. So how do you continue to sell your products? to your customers without having, without being able to go into a store. So that's where they looked towards influencer marketing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, So as a brand, you mentioned like everyone's getting into influencer marketing, I guess where it makes sense, but how do brands start to vet these influencers? Sounds like there's like a sea of influencers. Where do you even start? How do you find who fits your brand and what are you looking at? I think with that, you always like any strategy, start with your goals, what you want to know. Um, is it like a one campaign you want to focus on? Is there one product you want to focus on? And then really searching for those influencers that can support that. You know, you there's a lot of platforms out there that help you look for influencers. Um, we use a tool that helps us narrow down to find the perfect influencers. You can also just look online by hashtags or um, top influencers that are in the um, interior design industry or the fashion industry or, um, you know, uh, financial industry, et cetera. So just finding that search, but then it, it is kind of sometimes a lot of legs that you have to use when looking for influencers. You do need to make sure that they are authentic and they're able to support brands and they fit your brand is the most important thing. They need to make sure, like you need to make sure that they're going to be supporting your your goals, your um, look, your feel, um, or it's just not authentic for either side of the party. And that's the influencer also will let you know, be like, hey, this is not a good fit. If I don't feel like I can, um, my my audience will think I'm authentic about selling your products. Um, and so searching in that, but you also wanted to look at their audience and, and how does their audience react with them? How many followers do they have? Are they engaging? Like, is their audience engaging with them? Um, Do they have lots of comments? So there's a lot of different metrics you want to look at, um, but it all needs to support what you are looking for as a business. If you just want to reach a large audience, 
you could work with any type of influencers. There's nanos to micro, macro, celebrity. Um, celebrity is going to get you the highest reach. They're going to also <laughs> cost the most, and they might not have the highest engagement, as we've seen with a lot of the clients that we've worked with for their influencer marketing. We sometimes stick within the the micro, um, some bit into the macro, just knowing the amount of audience they can reach and how how engaging they are and how their audience engages with them, I think is the best metric to follow for a business because you know that their audience is investing into the influencer. Right. So it's that sweet spot of ROI where you're getting that nice big reach. It's a relevant audience mm-hmm. and it's not costing a fortune. Right. Yep. Awesome. Hey, uh, Chris, tell us about um, some of the things that can go wrong or like warn us about some of those uh, potential hazards. Yeah. So Kirsten does a really good job of vetting our influencers. And I'd like to say that we have, we have more hits than misses, but uh, to Kirsten's point, um, we can't just look at a number because it's easy. And, you know, it's, it's especially for advertisers, it's an easy number to understand. Like, Oh, cool. They have a cumulative uh, million followers across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Like that's an easy number for people to understand. But uh, to Kirsten's point, uh, that doesn't tell the whole story. Um, and we've had, <laughs> we've had people with say, uh, a million followers that have only pushed one product. Um, we have uh, influencers that have, um, I, don't, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, but like 50 to 100,000 followers that made this three minute rap video for us. And it's the greatest piece of content that I've ever seen. And they were like, they were one of the more reasonable rates that we paid for influencer. Um, and we got so much out of them because there are some influencers and, and taking a look at some of their um, older content should give you an idea of how they're going to perform. Um, it, it's funny. I like to look when we're, when we're trying to activate influencers, they, they usually split into two camps. Like one, like some, like the reluctant influencer that's like, I don't know how to do this. I just built this channel. I loved like traveling across the country in my school bus. And we thought you guys might want to come along and we really don't know how to do this. And then there's the like overprepared influencer. That's like, yep, here's my sales deck. Here's my prices. Like here's uh, examples that I've done. Here's my resume. And like, here's people that you can contact. And again, the easy way is to be like, oh my gosh, this other person is like so prepared and ready to go. Um, but a lot of times I found that that person like they have a system down and they are just churning these out for anybody. They're a gun for hire and their audience is like just getting fatigue of just being sold stuff every week. And it starts to feel less about why you first followed them and more about like how many products they can chill. So when I'm looking at influencers, I like to find folks that don't have a ton of influencer opportunities or a little reluctant. Like there was one, there's one last year that we were chasing forever. And she was like, she just kept saying, she's like, Hey, it's not the right time. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. Like I I'm already maxed out. I have two uh, products that I'm already pushing right now. Um, and I really respected that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that kind of has those values and doesn't want to just be a gun for hire for, for anybody that has a couple bucks and wants to promote their product. And I mean, it works well for everybody too. If you can get those products aligned, like if it, like there's sometimes where it's a stretch where like, Oh man, this person would never use this product. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then there's sometimes where it's like, this is such a natural fit that you don't feel like you're being advertised to by that influencer. Like there's a lot of times where I'm like scrolling around. I'm like, and I have to go down in their hashtags and be like, 
is this a sponsored post or is like this person just like really into this product? Um, and it, and if that line is a little bit blurry, that's generally a good, uh, good influencer to, to partner with. Yeah. So give us some of, the, of those good examples. Like you just mentioned, it's a, it's a matchup of both the brand and the influencers audience. Um, so what are some of those unique examples that you guys have seen or set up? Yeah, I think, you know, what Chris kind of said about the influencer that maybe is just starting out, that's kind of like, ah, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and tap, you know, kind of getting in early, which I've seen success on for a couple influencers that we worked with. One person that we have worked with, um, you know, just not even a great YouTube following and their YouTube is expected to now have like 100,000 subscribers over the next few months. And that was great because now he's looking at a future partnership with us and being like, you know what? You guys believed in me at the beginning. Now I have grown substantially and I want to continue to work with you. Um, and making those connections also is really important with the brand because then um, the audience also will see that. They they sniff that out if it doesn't feel authentic or if they're just turning and burning, you know, like Chris said. Um, and then, so I think like that example is sometimes getting in early with these influencers when you know that their content is really good. They just haven't hit their numbers yet, but it, it has happened with them. And we've had a couple of those great successes. Uh, I think, you know, one other example is, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think feel like Chris nailed it with the like authenticity of like just being able to say like, oh my gosh, is this a sponsored ad? Because I feel like I don't know or if they're just really into and some of our clients that we have, it's kind of doesn't make sense. You're like, why would I have an influencer for this? There's one that's a storage unit and they're like, OK, so like describe to me why there would be an influence for a storage unit. And then you you talk about it and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually a perfect fit. Yes, I use storage. Yes, I, I need storage, you know, so um I think to making sure they they understand your brand and they believe in your brand too. That's where we've seen some successes at too. Awesome, yeah, Chris. Do you have any um, examples that come to mind? Uh, it's a little bit like playing roulette, where you're just like placing your bets <laughs> on like who's gonna like who's gonna deliver for me, like who's gonna be able to push this product, um, who's gonna be a great. Um, brand ambassador, which is a term that I really like, um, like influencers, like starting to get like a little bit of a weird, <laughs> like a, like a weird connotation. Um, but like, I really like who's going to go out there and be a great ambassador, uh, for a brand and, and like a really good success example is like early on, this probably like three, three ish years ago. Um, and we just found this kid that was making great content on his own. Um, and we saw his, we saw his Instagram rise from 25,000 followers to a hundred thousand followers during the time, uh, that we, uh, we were engaged with him. So trying to identify who is putting in the work, um, and who's going to be able to be that brand ambassador for you. Cause it's, uh, a lot of people like want to get, it's, it's weird that like influencer is like a career choice now. Like, cause I, I go talk to like schools and like high schools and, um, uh, college students that are in marketing and there's always a handful that say like, Oh, I want to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, a, it's fascinating. It's not like, Oh, I want to be a musician who is recognized worldwide. I, I you know, I want to be a movie star. It's like, Nope, I just want to influence people to buy these products that will get paid for. Um, and the ones that we see doing really well, um, are the ones that are like are th- authentic. They have a cool story. They're doing something unique. 
Um, and also like as going back to the pitfall thing, like one thing that we've noticed and it's really lucky that we have a tool. Um, we've seen a lot of fake followings before. Um, we, we had an influencer that was pitching us a, a really high price for their content. And when we dove into, um, dove into their following, we found that only, and only 2% of it was, uh, us based. Everything else was foreign countries. And, uh, this person had not done anything, not been on TV or movies anywhere else in any other country. So, um, that's a pretty good indication that they have a fake following or they've, you know, uh, click farm or bots or whatever. Um, and again, why the numbers don't always tell the real story. You know, if they have a million followers and you go look at some of the comments and like, none of them make sense. Like, like this is like, this is great content. I love this. You were amazing. And you just go like, look at those people's profiles, like two, two followers, um, you know, is created like a couple months ago, no photos of them. Um, so trying to find out who those authentic people are, um, I think is always a plus. Yeah, definitely. Well, really great advice, you guys. I love it. Um, thank you so much for joining me today and, uh, remember to like, and subscribe our podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Megan. I've Heard That is a part of the Heard At Media Network. For more information, follow Heard At on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit HeardAtMarketing.com. A Heard At Media Production.